Why don't you join me for a drink? stories. I know you're good at killing. And probably none too happy to see me wearing this hardware. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars, where before today we'd never seen Mandalorian Chapter 9, The Marshal, but now we have... My name is Trevor Chong, and I am your host, and today we're talking all about the season premiere of The Mandalorian Season 2, The Marshal. And I'm joined with me by my co-host, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Oh, sorry. My, uh, my Tuscan Raider is a little rusty, but um, I thought I did a pretty good job because, hey, Every now and then, both suns, they do shine on Womp Rat's tails. All right. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to have you here. And we're also joined, we're trying to have a rotating guest with us through each of these episodes here of The Mandalorian Season 2. And today, we're joined none other than the great Nicole. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm just uh, here hanging out with the child. So if I uh, go into early labor, I might need to uh, only record for... About 40 minutes instead of an hour, just so you, you know. You have a child? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's a little baby Trevor. <laughs> wow. It's in the womb, though, still, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not just an egg either, right? <laughs> uh, not anymore. I hope not. Okay. Not. <laughs> so, welcome, everybody. Uh, if you haven't heard of us before, if this is your first time listening to us, this is the Never Seen Star Wars podcast. Now, each of us have seen Star Wars here. Why is it called Never Seen Star Wars? It's because the other series that we're doing here uh, involves me and talking to different guests. We've been mostly talking to Kristen, or only talking been talking to Kristen, who has never seen Star Wars. And we've been going through uh, new Star Wars movies here as she watches, it, watches the saga for the first time in 2020. We've gone through six movies already. And so you can listen back to any of those podcasts. But we've also decided to do weekly recaps of The Mandalorian Season 2. And wow, what an episode it was. Uh, lots of fun. Jordan, what did you think? It was so cool. It, like I said in the preview, it's just such a cool show. It's like a country western theme with like the Star Wars technology. The score, the soundtrack is amazing. Everything has kind of like a little hip-hop undertone. Uh, for super fans, we got... We got callbacks to the original trilogy. We got callbacks to the prequels. I don't know if you guys caught that, um, but so much cool stuff here. Excited to get into it. All right. And Nicole, big picture thoughts. What did you think of the premiere? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Similar to Jordan. Um, I didn't notice any callbacks to the prequels. I'm not, maybe not as knowledgeable as you, Jordan, but um, I do think the show does a really good job on keeping it kind of dark, but lighthearted. Each episode is sort of contained. There's a high-level story going on at the same time. Um, it's funny, yet scary at times. I don't know how they mix so many things in one show, but they do a really good job. So I personally really enjoyed it. Right, and it was a great episode, and we're probably going to get into it. It's like something that I haven't told you guys, but we're going to do some sort of rating system throughout this season to just sort of see what the best episode is. But 
The Mandalorian continues off with what it was mostly doing in season one, which is mostly a standalone episodes that I somewhat connected. So although we know that the Mandalorian is, has been set on this path to go and deliver baby Yoda to uh, his own kind, this was not really that. This was mainly an episode about fighting the crate dragon. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah, the crate dragon, uh, this giant thing. <laughs> this thing was like the size of like three football fields. I love their little uh, little model and this portion of it all. This crate dragon was huge, but this this is classic Mandalorian, right? Where they just go somewhere, they achieve a task in order to get to the next task. It's like kind of like a video game. We saw it a lot last year where he, he killed that creature to get the egg. He protected the little farming village. And I think we're going to see that kind of theme as we head into season two also. All right. Now we're going to get into it. We're going to go through the episode sort of chronologically and see what happens, but I don't want to bury the top story. We ended off the episode with a character and we have what is presumably the return of Boba Fett. Nicole, what did you think of that? Uh, We'll have to take a second to look to realize it was the same actor because obviously he looks a bit different. Um, But I wasn't super surprised. I didn't think it would come maybe in episode one, but Obviously, knowing that the marshal's armor seemed to be both its armor, I think it even had the same dent or whatever um, on it. So we'll see what happens. But who knows? I mean, her, I feel like I'm not as knowledgeable about Star Wars as you guys. But from is Boba Fett dead? <laughs> All right, we'll get it, Jordan. What do you think? I thought Boba well, Fett was killed by the Sarlacc pit. Well, I mean, this kind of conf- I mean confirms that he was not in fact killed by the Sarlacc pit, but his armor was left behind in the mix. Um, just a, a little bit of housekeeping. The actor is actually the, the character, the same actor who played Django Fett in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works out since seeing that they are kind of clones as well, probably that the same guy looks just like Boba Fett. So that's a little bit interesting tidbit, but yeah, Boba Fett's alive. He wants his armor back. Is he going to team up with the Mandalorian? Is he going to be against them? That's what I'm excited to see. Yes. And we learned in episode two, Attack of the Clones, that Django Fett wanted a clone to himself, an unaltered clone. And so we can assume that this is Boba Fett. Now, technically, could this not be a clone trooper, Jordan? I uh, guess technically, but I mean, if you've been following any of the Mandalorian or Star Wars Twitter or hype leading up to the season, uh, you've seen that there's been a big push in rebranding and re-promoting Boba Fett. And so that just makes me think they're not going to do all of that unless they're bringing back the OG original here. Yeah, so the thought is, is that did Boba Fett survive the Sarlacc pit somehow? We know that the Sarlacc pit or a Sarlacc pit did not survive the journey as it was killed by the Crate Dragon. But Boba Fett is back, we think. We can assume he's back, who was basically the inspiration, you would think, for the Mandalorian and the Mandalorians. Um, so he was a fan favorite with not much to do. This will probably be, he's already probably matched the screen time he had in the original trilogy. So we'll see what he can do in this Mandalorian season two. And we'll kind of dig into that a bit here, but let's dig into this episode and see what happens. So we open up in what apparently is some sort of WWE, uh, action going on where the guards from the Jabba's palace, they've lost their jobs since Jabba has died. And so they've got something to do. So they've picked up professional wrestling. And Jordan, what do you think of this wrestling scene here? 
Yeah, so Gore Koresh is the guy that Mando goes to meet and, and he tells us what these things are. They're called Gamorians. His Gamorian isn't doing well. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I loved when the one Gamorian was, did like a Roman Reigns dive over the top rope. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Uh, it, was kinda, it was pretty interesting. They had these giant axes, right? Uh, it wasn't the most exciting match, but I get the people were there were pretty into it. Yeah, and it was, but it was a too fancy, that move, to jump over the top rope. He didn't need to do it. He could have taken his time, gone under the ring, grabbed his steel chair, smacked Mandalorian in the back. What do you think, Nicole? Yeah. Um, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> now, we saw, we saw Mandalorian negotiating with this, the one-eyed man, who was, you know, an interesting character. And we see, get to see right away Mando kicking butt, Baby Yoda closing his crib, <laughs> because he knows what's about to happen. Nicole, what did you think of this action right off the start? It was good. It wasn't what I was expecting. Because usually in each episode, the Mandalorian seems to make a friend early on. I don't mm. know if we've seen early, the first scene of, of, I don't know, immediately him making an enemy and having to get out of a situation. But I'm, I was obviously just more mesmerized by, by Baby Yoda because he's obviously been in so many of these situations. But he seems to be pretty chill, but it was it was really cute seeing him close up his little cradle, which I don't does he control that himself, by the way. I mean he does now. He must have learned how to. Tons and tons of cute baby Yoda moments. Nicole as the resident uh keeper of a child. Was there a mo- baby Yoda moment that stood out to you? Um I don't know, probably late, later on when they're on Tatooine and he's, he hides in the jar. Yeah, that's great. When the dragon came by, that was really cute. So good. And it just seemed like Baby Yoda, he, was, he didn't do anything this whole episode except for pop in and just sort of appear and look cute. And uh, that's what we're here for. I think that's what Baby Yoda brings to the table, right, Jordan? I loved his little saddle on the side of the speeder bike. <laughs> he's so cute. Right. Yeah. yeah, he had his head out the window like a puppy. <laughs> And he just was adorable. And that's what people come to see. They want Baby Yoda to be adorable. I'm, I am interested. I want to see more of Baby Yoda doing something. Mm. I get it. He's a baby. But, I mean, he's got to be picking up the slack at some point here. Yeah, you think. I mean, I think as he learns more about the Force skills and as um, Mando gets in trouble more. I mean, you would think Mando was in trouble this this week, but you think as he gets in trouble more that he's going to help out and do some more things to do some actions, but no, he's pretty chill so far. All right, so the Mandalorian, he kicks butt, he beats up the wrestlers, and he talks to the one-eyed man, and he finds out you have to go to, back to Tatooine. Interesting that they, they choose ta- to go right back to Tatooine right away. No other planets, no new planets. So back to the familiar Tatooine. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think it's always fun to see Tatooine, so get out of the way. And uh, a character I was surprised to see again, this, this lady who works at this hangar here, her name I believe is, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Pili Mato, and she has her pit droids. Jordan, were you happy to see this lady back? Uh, not really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it's her. Why are we here? But I guess it makes sense. You know, she, Mando needs some repairs on his ship. If you're going to go to Tatooine, you might as well see her. I agree with you. We are in a galaxy far, far away with many um, undiscovered or unseen for the viewer cities and planets. Why do we go back to a familiar place? I'm not sure. But at least we go to a different part of Tatooine. Right. And then we also saw that the Mando was a bit friendlier with some of those pit droids. Nicole, did you notice that sort of how in season one, he didn't really seem to get along with droids. 
But then with the way that IG-11 turned out and ended up saving him and sacrificed himself, he seemed to be a lot friendlier with droids. Yeah, I mean, I did see that, that connection. I mean, it was probably pretty obvious, but um, I guess he's more trusting, trusting of droids since... Is it IG-11? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. I was going to say Dio, but I think that's <laughs> from the movie. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> yes, and, and speaking of droids, did you guys notice that we saw another familiar droid? Did you notice... R5. Do you you know who R5 is? Are we supposed to know who R5 is? So R5 is the droid that Luke and Uncle Owen originally selected before they picked R2-D2, but then R5 broke into flames, and I guess the Jawas fixed it and sold it to this lady here. So there's R5. I totally missed that one. How many R's are there? (laughs) Millions, probably. Millions. So they end up, they find out they have to go to Mos Pelgo. Mos Pelgo. And so the Mandalorian speeders off the way. And I did notice like right away that he stopped in this montage of him speeding off and they see this areas. He stops to have drinks with the Tusken Raiders, which I thought was unique. That was my favorite. I, I want to know. I had so many questions from that two second part where they're sitting around the campfire. And like, oh, 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 oh. They're all just sitting around there. Like, how did that happen? He, he drove up to them and just like joined them at the fire. Like, I have so many questions. I want to well, see more. I mean, I think, I think it was, I guess it was a precursor to what is to happen right. to, to, to put it out there that the Mandalorian has good relations with the Tuscan Raiders. Damn, that's a good line. Yeah. So that's the way it goes. And we end up, meeting the marshal here and my first thought when we meet the marshal is man boba fett got skinny <laughs> i know <laughs> i i kind of thought it was like seeing that it's halloween time right now it looked like someone who like some dad or some kid who picked up like one of those bad fitting halloween costumes and he had like right. his hoodie on underneath and mm-hmm. it just looked like way out of proportion it was like just looked bad at first nicole did you have thoughts on that one yeah, I thought it was sim- similar. It was weird. He has like a weird long torso and it's like a crop top. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was kind of weird. I had a feeling he, was, he wasn't he was a legit Mandalorian. But I think it was a nice fake out. It was sort of like, oh, that's that's Boba Fett, right? Boba Fett's yeah. back. And then you go, but he looks kind of weird. And then you realize, no, it's not actually Boba Fett. It's actually Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth, a new character. So we talked about how the Mandalorian seems to interact with a new character every episode. And this one was Cobb Vanth. Nicole, did you have any thoughts on Cobb Vanth as a character? Um, not really. Like I did, I did read a recap afterward just to make sure I didn't miss anything in the episode. I did read that he is from a Star Wars book or something. So he's, he exists in another, I don't know, piece of Star Wars literature or something. So I guess he's not like, he's not like brand new, just created for the show. Um, so I guess, the writers are trying to fit in characters into the TV show Mandalorian, um, but he did. He didn't seem as hardcore with it without the mask on. He kind of looked like some baby-faced, like I don't know, happy-go-lucky guy. It was not what I expected, to be honest. Right. And Jordan, did you notice that his speeder was seemed to be built out of some sort of pod racer? Oh, there you go. That's my prequel car back callback. He was had one of the engines from Anakin's pod racing, uh, whatever unit, which is crazy. That's a, re- that's a really cool, subtle thing they put in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, so that was, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it, technically we don't know if for sure if it was Anakin's yeah, pod I mean, racer, but, but. It's gotta be. I, I like this guy though. He's one of the more, um, if not the most, one of the more familiar actors. I believe his name's 
Tim Oliphant or something like that. He's been in a lot of things, like most recently, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's a familiar face, which is cool to see in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I really like this actor. I liked his character. He's a lot of fun. Now, what do you think, Jordan? What is, they said, oh, we'll see you again sort of thing. So do you think we will see him multiple times in the season, just one more time in the season? Will that be in a future season we'll see him? Yeah, good question. First of all, before we get into that, I loved his order when he ordered from the bartender Weekway, I believe was his name, and uh, he ordered two snorts of Spotka. Spotska is what he ordered. I read read the noun. Sounds like a really great drink. Sounds very Uh, Eastern European somehow. I know, that's what I thought too. (laughs) But uh, I I think we'll see him again. How I kind of predict the season going is Mando's going to make all these different stops along the way to different places. And then near the end, similar to last season, um, he's going to go, need to go back and build kind of like a coalition to go and fight Moff Gideon. So I could see Mando coming back here, recruiting Cobb Vant to be part of his coalition. Um, and going on to a bigger, bigger, better battle. Right now, who would get the armor, though? Would he, would he give back his armor, or would that armor go to Boba Fett? Well, or would that Boba armor Fett, go to somebody else? Can, Boba Fett can fit in it anymore. You look a little bit larger, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I think we saw that the armor was too too big for Cobb Van, yeah. so yeah. so that's the way it goes there. I mean, Boba Fett was always, always quite quite a big guy. Yeah, thick with two Cs. Yeah, he was a big bounty hunter. So we find out that there's this crate dragon, and it appears underneath the sand, like the Loch Ness monster. Uh, Nicole, when we met this this crate dragon in Mos Pelgo, what were you thinking? Uh, it was a lot bigger than I was than I thought. Because doesn't Star Wars have like sort of similar monsters under the sand? I feel like I've seen something similar before in the movie. I don't know, but. Um, I do remember a scene with the C-3PO in one of the older movies. He saw like a carcass of something. I think it must have been the same monster. Hmm. That's possible. I can't, I can't quite wrap my head around that one there. Uh, but it's possible to be similar monsters. I think the, the, it seemed like it was maybe the largest monster we've seen. The only one I could think of would be in Empire Strikes Back on the asteroid where they actually parked the Millennium Falcon inside that giant dragon-like creature. But I think everything else was is smaller than that. I guess you could argue maybe in The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon Jinn says, there's always a bigger fish. Exactly. And don't you feel bad for all of the poor banthas that they were feeding to these dragons? Like when the very first one was just minding its own business, drinking some water, the dragon eats it. And then every single one of their corresponding plans that had to stop this thing involved feeding it a bantha yeah except that one time where they tried to feed it a bantha and that poor tuscan raider just got it he was sick of bantha meat he wanted some tuscan meat which made me you know we were watching it and thinking these tuscan raiders wait till the last possible (laughs) minute to run away why don't they run away a few seconds sooner (laughs) i know i know okay can i stop down on tuscan raiders for a second okay What's going on? Is that their actual face or is that a mask? And if it's a mask, what is their actual face? Yeah, it, it looks like there is, there's actually, it's not actually their face. Right. It, looks like, it looks like it may be part of their face. Okay. Maybe the mouth. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, I think it looks like it's wrapped up. I think that's... Is it just, is it just a human being? No, I don't that? think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. They're human-like, maybe human-like in many ways. It's almost as if there's like actors there, and they just put a costume on. Them. <laughs> uh, I just did a quick Google image search, and 
it's not that pretty underneath, but it could just be speculation, not that, how they actually look. Right. Oh, so someone made it up there. So we, but it doesn't matter. We'll move on from there. And they're in this, they're in this place, Mas Pelgo. And I'm just wondering, as this dragon's rolling through Main Street of Mas Pelgo, why would you want to live in this, in this village, Nicole? What do you think? Is it even a village? It maybe had like 10 huts. I don't know. And I guess I don't know what constitutes a village, but does it, didn't really look worth salvaging or saving according to that guy's story of wanting to protect it. It seemed yeah. like there was at least 100 people or so, and there was even a school. So. A school. Exactly. Where are the so, kids, though? In school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're in the school. The kids They're learning. In school. Yeah. They're learning about geography. And so, my, I don't know, I was wondering why I live in Mos Pelgo, but we get an interesting flashback where we get to learn about not just Mos Pelgo, but Cobb Vanth. And we start to realize, okay, Cobb Vanth is actually, we, he, he seems like a bad guy at first, but he's like, no, this Cobb Vanth is a good guy. And we learn all about Cobb Vanth. Was that help you, Jordan, in sort of siding with him? I think what I liked most about that flashback is it gave us a bit more precise intel on the timeline of the Mandalorian. Because we always knew it was post-Turn of the Jedi, pre-Force Awakens. We didn't know exactly when, but this flashback made it seem that it was, it's not that long after Return of the Jedi, which I found really helpful. So that kind of helps me rule in and rule out certain characters we may or may not see and give some, give some framework for, for where we're at in the timeline of, of Survivor, or not Survivor, Star Wars. Right. And so, yeah, we, we learned that it was there was the Death Star basically that happened that they found the Death Star. So this seems like it was a few. So, so the flashback was right after the Death Star being destroyed. Right. So it was right after Return of the Jedi. But this now seems like a few years later, yeah. right? Because yeah, the, but I mean, Cobb looks very similar. So it's probably not that long after. Right. Right. So maybe a couple, maybe a couple of years, two to three years or so. It's hard to tell exactly. Uh, another side point when, when we find out that Cobb did indeed get the Boba Fett armor from the Jawas, and going back to our prediction, predictions in the preview podcast, I, I did ask you that question. Could we see somebody wearing Boba Fett's armor, Jordan? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I don't remember what I said, <laughs> but... Uh, I, thought, I think you found it ridiculous. You didn't think it was possible. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so, because I thought it was one, you know, it's made specifically for one uh, Mandal... I don't know. I... I I guess it is possible. Anything's possible. It's a galaxy far, far away. And another side note, we, we were watching it with subtitles. And when the Jawas were speaking, uh, it, 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 it let us know that they were speaking Jawaese. <laughs> Jawaese. So Jawaese is the official language of the Jawas. So we get into this idea where they make a deal Mandalorian and Cobb Vance make a deal where, okay, we're going to kill this dragon together, but we need help. We need these Tusken Raiders. And this is where we learn that the Mando, I guess we already knew that the Mando could speak Tusken Raider, but just how entrenched within their, within their culture he is. He can speak to their animals like Dr. Doolittle. He can make deals with them. He knows what they want. He knows their culture. When you get handed this drink with this, you have to drink it. And Nicole, were you fascinated by this, this interaction between the Mandalorian and the Tusken Raiders? Yeah, I honestly was very surprised by that. I thought it was a little weird at first because the, the actor who plays the Mandalorian usually is pretty quiet, somber, keeps himself. <laughs> it's a little weird to all of a sudden hear him grunting and like <laughs> making all these weird noises, not to be, I don't know, languagist against, against the Sand people. But uh, it was 
it was very, I was, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't even know that the Mandalorian could speak any other languages or anything then, like that. And then all of a sudden, too, to go off that, all of a sudden he's down on the ground, like, who's a good Tuscan dog? Who's a good Tuscan dog? Who's a good dog? Apparently those dogs exist in the Clone Wars. I have vague memories of them, and they're called Massifs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we know that the Mandalorian, he wants to make the deal with the Tuscan Raiders. They need to do it. He wants to bring together this unholy alliance between the Tuscan Raiders and the villagers. There's just one problem, uh, Jordan. It seems that the villagers, it seems like they're racist towards the, the Tuscan Very. Raiders, as oh, they call them, God. the sand people. We don't work with the sand people. I know. And they had that little interaction where the sand guy clearly accidentally dropped the explosive. And the one guy was just all up in his face. What are you doing, Tuscan Raider? And you, know, you kind of understand a little bit where they're coming from if they have, you know, murdered a lot of people in their village you can see why they're a little bit hesitant but they do seem to be a little discriminatory against the sand people it did seem that the whole village was old white guys too so you know that's the way it goes right nicole yeah maybe it's just a little little uh i don't know mention of what's going on in the world right now they were arguing the sand people no they took our jobs they can't be we can't help them It took our jobs. In the end, in the end, they do agree, okay, we're going to work together. We're going to take out this dragon. And that's what this whole episode leads towards, the plan to take out their dragon. And it seems like their plan, okay, we're going to, we have some giant crossbows. We're going to bury some explosives in the sand. We have some blasters. We have some some bait we're going to use. Jordan, what do you think of their plan to take out this dragon? It was okay. It was was all right. I don't know, like... (laughs) The blasters clearly did absolutely nothing, right? And the Tuscan Raiders, if anything, are super brave. Like those three guys who first walk up there to wake it up, mm-hmm. it was like no big deal. Like, I will go, I will take it, I will volunteer. They walk right up there. That's a little too much too much. <laughs> a little they're still brave. They walk right up there, they wake that thing up, and then they just go crazy. Um, somehow they know that his weakness is his belly. Mm-hmm. Don't know how they know that. Have they ever seen its belly? Because it's always underground. But somehow the Tuscan Raiders know that. So it's a good thing they knew that. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, (laughs) I would imagine that they talked about, Mano talked about how the Tuscan Raiders have been living in this, this, this basically desert for thousands of years. So I would imagine there's legends about these sort of animals and creatures. And that's how they know their way around. I mean, they literally just live out in the sand. There are people in the sand. And so that's yeah. my guess. I, I don't know if they have school. Maybe they, maybe a couple of their kids went to the school over uh, at Mos Pelgo and that's where they landed. Uh, Nicole, what did you think of their plan to take out the dragon? I don't know. I thought like if they knew that it was sleeping, could they just like sneak into the cave mm-hmm. while it's sleeping, plant some explosives all over its body or something and then, and then detonate it? Like I thought that instead of trying to draw it out. Yeah, and also, I, I was wondering, like, Mando kept telling Cobb, like, hey, don't blow the explosives yet. Wait for it to come out a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more. Why didn't they just put the explosives a little bit further in mm-hmm. so it didn't have to come out so far? Well, you know what? <laughs> they they need some different, as, as Mandalorian said, I think they'd be open to some new ideas <laughs> as the Tusken Raiders, you know, we saw their, their plan was to feed a, feed a bantha to it to keep it, keep it satisfied and that did not go well for that one Tuscan Raider so poor guy in the end we get to see the Mando and Cobb Vanth go up and they fly and they use their jetpacks together Mando's brand new jetpack that was cool to see don't you think Jordan it was awesome it's so fun that's what I love about this show it's just like 
like, oh, yeah, it's like a country western. Oh, no, it's, it's Star Wars. Oh, no, no, it's like a crazy sci-fi where he's just flying around shooting this giant dragon. Now, the dragon, interesting, um, it was never flying, was it? It was always crawling through the world. Is yeah, I think, I think we always say, go, yeah, we like sort of go underground. Yeah, we're not, yeah. it didn't seem to ever have any arms, legs, or wings. No. It's just like a big worm, right? Mm-hmm. So, interesting. It was cool when they were fighting at the top, uh, and then all of a sudden it appeared behind them. It was really awesome. That was fun. But I did love seeing Mando flying around. Yeah, and it was, it was interesting to see, Nicole, what did you think when it kept on appearing on the mountain, then it appeared behind them? What did you think of that? I don't know. It seemed to move way faster that way than just inching forward a little bit more to get blown up. I was surprised that it could move that quickly. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah, it moves. To the, it's the loudest animal of all time when it moves through the town. But then for some, <laughs> somehow it appears out of nowhere, the top. But they realize, OK, none of this is working. And Mando thinks, OK, he asks himself, what would Drax do? What would Drax the Destroyer do? And that is that the skin is too thick to penetrate from the outside. So it has to penetrate it from the inside. Right, Jordan? Well, it's ridiculous because the skin is the same, same thickness on the inside as it is on the outside. Well, just like Drax single-handedly took down that monster in the beginning of Guardian Galaxy 2, it seemed like the Mandalorian was able to use some sort of electric boost along with a bantha filled with explosives and come out on top. And not, too different, not too different from Iron Man in the first Avengers where he uh, said, hey, uh, have you ever heard of the tale of Jonah? And he flies right into that thing and blows it up from the inside. Mandalorian, you must have been watching the MCU. Yeah, and so Nicole... And- they do end up pulling it off. Actually, I didn't mention one thing, Nicole. What did you think of the seemingly acid breath or fire that the dragon was shooting out? <laughs> yeah, I did not think the dragon could do that. I thought he was just like regurgitating like a stomach acid. Is that pretty much what it was? It wasn't fire or anything. Barf. Yeah, it seemed like it was a monster in King of Tokyo, and then it got a power-up card, and then now it could all of yeah. a sudden spit acid out. But in the end, the Mandalorian gets basically swallowed, but he is protected, presumably by his armor, and electrocutes it, and then blows it up, and it's dead, and it's gone, and the Mandalorian has another victory. Can he put that now? He's already got that like rhino on his one shoulder. Can he put that dragon on his other shoulder, Jordan? He's just crushing giant monsters. And I love afterwards how the, all the sand people and even Mando are inside of this thing, like getting all the meat. Like they're going to be, they're going to be eating good for months with how much meat they got off that thing. Yeah. What do you think the Tuscan movies are going to do with all that meat? What aren't they going to do with it? Is it just for food though? Like, are they, can they store it for that long or what are they? Yeah. Can they freeze it on a hot planet? (laughs) Good question. Um, I feel like there's it's very slim pickings out there. So even if it goes bad, they're eating that. And it seemed like they, Nicole, they came up with some sort of egg. Is that right? That they were celebrating? What, what do they do with a, with a crate dragon egg? I, I read that it was a pearl. It was a so pearl. I, I, think, I, think, I think the Tuscan Raiders knew that that's something that, might, that lives within the, the crate dragon's body. Is that like a myth, mythological story that happens? Pearls live in dragons? I guess so. I guess in Star Wars, instead of in oysters, they live in dragons. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's... Because I, it I thought it was definitely way too small to be an egg for the size of the dragon. Unless it was like, you know, a couple weeks in, you know. Well, because it wasn't... I mean, presumably the egg was in the early stages because, because it wasn't a laid egg or anything like that. So it, the size would be reasonable in my mind. But was there another Kray dragon? 
that he mated with, that he created with? Well, <laughs> some, some, some creatures, especially egg planting animals, do not need a mate to, to reproduce. How about that? So, and it's, if you went to your, if you went to your Mas Pelgo schooling, you would know that. <laughs> okay. So I also found it great how they seem to load up uh, baby Yoda with a to-go plate yeah. of crate dragon. So he'll be happy. He'll be happy for, uh, for a few weeks. That seemed like it was three times his size. Yeah. yeah can you make, can you make some crate uh, dragon bone broth from that? <laughs> it's possible and so we end the episode there they're cheering they're, vic they're victorious Cobb Vent says we'll see him again and it looks like Mandalorian is just going to ride out into the sunset and then we see what we talked about before we see Boba Fett were you surprised Jordan to see Boba Fett at the end there yeah I you know I thought it was really cool that ending uh, when he was riding away it reminded me of like playing Red Dead Redemption or like GTA where like the screen shrunk a little bit and it went into like a montage of riding away. It was really cool. It was a really cool shot. And you kind of felt like episode one is going to end on some kind of cliffhanger there. So I wasn't sure who was going to show up, whether it's going to be Ahsoka or someone or Moff or whatever. But Boba Fett was like, I actually was not expecting to show up just like that, but I'm very happy with how it went. Right. And it wasn't actually, even though... I had to sort of look again to see that like, was that actually him and confirm that because it just was pretty quick. The lighting wasn't necessarily great on his face from what I could tell. But Nicole, season one, episode one ended with the Baby Yoda reveal and this one ends with the Boba Fett reveal. Were you surprised to see actually Boba Fett at the end of this episode here? Yeah, I mean, it, it almost felt like it could be something they re reveal later in the season. Um, but also episode one they gotta go they gotta go big to i mean i don't know if they need to do any extra work to gain interest in this show i think people were, have been waiting for this season for so long we've been waiting through quarantine and a kind of a crappy year so i think people are invested anyway but i um i am curious to know how he's gonna play into into the full story yeah and jordan what do you think boba fett's role will be in this season yeah, yeah that's what i'm dying to see right like a big part of me thinks like well He's historically been a bad guy, right? Not necessarily because he's bad, but just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean he's a bad guy. But he's been teaming up with like Jabba and with the Empire. But that's kind of like any bounty hunter. They're kind of self-interested and will do whatever is going to get them more money. So part of me thinks like if Mando can help him, then he'll be a good guy. But I just think like it goes with the nature of the show for Boba to be kind of more on the bad side. And um, I think that's what people remember him for and want him to be. And so it, it seems like just a great battle. So he has, Mando has this battle going on with Moff and then he's going to have this other one going on with Boba Fett. I think it's, I think they'll probably work together a little bit, but I don't see them both making it out of this series. So are you thinking that maybe Boba Fett sees the Mandalorian, has his armor and he's thinking, I need to find a way to get it back. Does that make sense to you, Nicole? I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know like how he lost it in the first place. Um, I was a little skeptical of, the other guy's story. Um, and so I was kind of skeptical of him the whole time, but he seems to be the good guy. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not sure. Because we'll I kind of assumed, and I guess maybe just because the excitement to see Boba Fett, but I assume that Boba Fett would be a, uh, a likable character, a, a character that we root for uh, per se. But, but if he's going head to head with the Mandalorian, then I'm not going to root for him. But I think, that, I think that's a unique thing about Star Wars is who's the most famous 
Star Wars character. You think of Star Wars, you think most people think of Darth Vader right away. What about Watto? Yeah, okay. Besides Watto, it's and Boba, <laughs> they built this franchise off of a villain, and they they do that better than a lot of franchises. And now Boba Fett can still be a villain and still be very likable. Yeah, I mean, they had Luke Skywalker was was pretty famous, so yeah, of course. But Darth Vader has got to be like, if you ask people name a Star Wars character, Darth Vader is coming out number one. I'd be interested if we if we did that Family Feud survey. Yeah, there you go. Hundred people. But that is that. That's more be more because Darth Vader has the look, the iconic exactly, look. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. Darth Vader was clearly a bad guy, and I don't think anybody in the original trilogy was rooting for Darth Vader. Yeah, well, clearly no one was rooting for Boba Fett because he's just kind of there. But for some reason, you know, I, well, I've always found this a mystery. But I, I personally, let me just lead. I love Boba Fett, always have. But it's hard to like explain why you really loved him because he barely shows up. I think it's just because he's really cool looking, has this cool Beskar steel armor, has a rocket pack. You don't really see him do anything, but just the, the idea of him is what's really cool to Star Wars fans. Yeah, he just looks cool. So I guess that's the same thing as, as Darth Vader. I mean, Darth Vader had it a little bit more, but it was just, he's a cool looking character. What's more believable, uh, Darth Maul getting cut in half and falling down a pit and surviving, or, the, or Boba Fett being eaten and swallowed by a sarlacc pit, but somehow surviving. Nicole? It was Darth Maul cut horizontally or vertically? I can't remember. Horizontally. <laughs> okay. okay. At the waist. Uh, okay, okay. That's why he doesn't have real yeah. legs anymore. He has just Well, maybe that's legs. why. Maybe that's why they showed the Mandalorian actually flying out of the Kray Dragon to like make people think, oh, that's how Boba Fett survived. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. You could say you can be in there and you could find a way. And so maybe Boba Fett did survive. That's, that's a really good point, Nicole. Well done. Now, my question is, what is next for the Mandalorian? So his goal, from what I could understand, was that he needs to find the Jedi. And so the way he finds it is he needs to connect with some of the, some other Mandalorians because they might have intel to him. But he did not find any Mandalorians. He found Boba Fett, who is a separate... He looks like a Mandalorian, but I believe he is just more of a separate bounty hunter. He wasn't really a part of the Mandalorian family, as from what I can remember. He was seemed to be a solo person, not Han Solo. <laughs> now, he has armor. Okay, he's got captured his armor, but is he any closer to finding the Jedi, Jordan? Yeah, it's hard to know. Like, I picked up the same thing, too. Like, he needed to find another Mandalorian um, so that he could, like, tap into their armor somehow to get some intel. So maybe he can learn something through Boba Fett's armor to find other Mandalorians. But as you said, is, is Boba Fett part of the Mandalorian creed or is he a standalone guy? I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to tell right now, but it looks like we're going to be heading back on, uh, onto the ship next episode. But I have to think that Boba Fett's armor is going to help him in some way get to where he needs to go next. Right. And Nicole, so what do you think the next move for Mando is? Well, I remember like watching, it was either it was the finale of season one or just in the promo for season two, um, Mando saying something like, you want me to return the child to, uh, what do they call the Jedi? like some the demon sorcerers. religion. Okay. <laughs> Not demon religion. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I don't know why he just doesn't go look for Jedi. But I guess I don't know how long it's actually been since 
since the Death Star blew up and stuff and how much general knowledge people have of the Jedi and how easy they are to find or if there's any left. Like, do you guys know anything about that? Well, I mean, we know that there's Luke and that's really all that we know, Luke and Leia, presumably, but I doubt that we're going to see them show up. And so, although it does break, beg the question, I mean, they know that the Death Star blew up. You would think that they heard about this miraculous person that took out Darth Vader and you would think that Boba Fett's thought would be, okay, let's meet up with the rebellion people and talk to them. But I don't know. It does seem that he's just going to continue to get clues maybe and find different planets, Jordan. What do you think? Yeah, well, if you, if you kind of try to piece it together a little bit, um, Boba Fett would be familiar with Luke, right, from their experience at the Sarlacc pit where they did they were fighting in the same place. So Boba Fett has seen a Jedi. He knows that they exist. Mm -hmm. And so I have to imagine that Boba and Din Djarin or the Mando are going to talk about that at some point. And Boba will be like, hey, I did encounter a Jedi and in hand-to-hand -hand combat, they do exist. I can help you try to find more. I don't know. I have to think that's right. going to be something like that. Yeah, but does that, that's really just like the knowledge that Jedi exist. I mean, Luke doesn't even know that there's other Jedi around. He thinks him and Obi-Wan were the only Jedi left, really. They, he doesn't know who Ahsoka is or anything like that, who we're going to be led to. So will it just be pure luck that they stumble upon a Jedi? Or who knows? But let's move on here. There, it was interesting that there was a few characters we didn't get to see. Uh, Moff Gideon was nowhere to be found. What, what do you think he's up to? Yeah, I think that's kind of what we, or I anyways, predicted in the preview one, that um, he wouldn't really show up that much, you know, but he'd be, Mando would always be kind of running away from him in the, in the story that we may not actually see. And then he'll show up maybe um, halfway or so through the season for like a mini battle and then eventually have a huge battle with him. But Moff Gideon right now, probably just on the hunt looking for Mando. And the other characters, maybe this is the Mando's next move. He needs help. He needs an idea. He got a little bit closer. And does his next move, Nicole, is to go see, again, Grief Karga and Cara Dune and see what they've been up to and help him to get to the next point. Yeah, I mean, they got it. They're, I mean, they're on the promo poster for the season, so they, they need to show up at some point. Um, so from what I recall, they decided to stay on that last planet they were on, right? Yep. So they're just chilling. We assume they're just chilling there for now. Yeah. Yeah, like they were starting the, the Bounty Hunters Guild. They had to sort of reboot it because the majority of the Bounty Hunters were killed, probably. Um, and so they were presumably going to restart it. So they're just bounty hunting again. Grief Cargo is probably running his business and Cara Dune is his enforcer, basically. And so they would hear lots of information from different bounty hunters. So they would be good pieces of information for him to go to. The question is, yeah, this Moff Gideon also knows that they're close to the Mandalorian. So maybe that's how we get into that. And that's the thing to me is that obviously I love the Mandalorian, but it seems like we get these, we get these mini stories like fighting a dragon, but I, I, I'm really curious about this big story, right? Which is, which is Mandalorian finding baby Yoda's home and also Moff Gideon trying to stop him from that. And it was sort of disappointing in some ways that we didn't really get any of that big story in this episode. Yeah, totally. Like I said, it's, it's just like a, a video game story, right? Where you go to like a certain area and you complete this task in order to like kind of get a little clue towards the main story. Then you can do another task, another task. That's the Mandalorian. 
Yeah, the Mandalorian, he kills the, the monster, the crate dragon, and then he gets a note saying, I'm sorry, the princess is at another castle. Exactly. <laughs> and, all right, so that basically takes us through this episode here. Now, I want to know just from you guys, we're talking about season one, we talked a little bit, and maybe uh, me and Jordan talked a lot about in the preview podcast, but we haven't really heard from Nicole and we haven't heard a, a, a woman's perspective on the episode and your, the woman's intuition maybe. But I want to talk to both of you guys about after seeing this episode, what's sort of maybe a big or bold prediction you have for this season and what you think can happen. Uh, let's just go to you, Jordan, here and you can start us off here if you have Well, that's a good one. Well, one that I didn't really consider watching the first episode until Nicole said something recently is that um, maybe Cobb Vanth is going to turn on Mando at some point. Okay. I could, I could totally see that. Nicole was saying that she didn't really believe his story. And, and I could see that being made up. And then, you know, maybe Mando's going to have to choose to trust either Boba Fett or Cobb on how exactly he got the armor. And I'm curious to see that. So Cobb, could, Cobb has historically, that actor, has played kind of a sly, greasy guy. So I could totally see him turn, pulling a fast one on Mando. That's great. Nicole, do you have any bold predictions? Oh, man. I think um, hmm. it's hard. I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think that um, – sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. Um, sorry, he just asked another question quickly. All right. Sorry, no worries, Nicole. Sorry, the, the you don't baby have just, to have an answer. You the can baby pass. just kicked me really hard just for a second, so I you lost my pass. train of thought. They call that baby brain. So you can blame the baby. Okay, don't worry. No worries. So big predictions. For me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm wondering what Boba Fett's survival rate in this is. Because you can't have Boba Fett. I mean, you can. But I feel like it's weird to have both the Boba Fett and the Mandalorian cruising around in this galaxy. But then again, we just brought Boba Fett back from the dead, presumably. And we're going to kill him off again. So that's what I'm kind of battling through right now. Will Boba Fett survive this, this season, Jordan? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could, again, it's a beloved character. They're going to, Disney's going to sell his merchandise no matter what they do with him. But I kind of see like um, Boba Fett's desire to have some sort of Thanos Infinity War ending where he just like finally gets what he wants and then he can rest. You know, so I could see him having his riding off into the sunset moment where maybe he gets his armor back and then he just goes to wherever he came from and he just lives out the rest of his days there as opposed to having him die. But uh, that's, that's going to be a tricky one to see what they do with Boba. Yeah, could, could Boba Fett... I mean, I don't know. He seems like you have to give up the armor. Like, if he, gi- if he once and for all gave up the armor for Cobb Van, maybe he could make a sacrifice move for him. But then it's just so weird to bring... Boba Fett into the show and from all accounts the, the original talks when Disney bought bought Star Wars was that they were going to do a Boba Fett movie and I believe that this sort of the idea of the Mandalorian is what that yeah. turned into was let's just do a TV show about a very similar character who has fresher armor and so it just seems like you know what what is Boba Fett going to do? I'm not sure. I still think there's a chance he's a clone trooper, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Wait, was Boba Fett um in in one of the prequel movies? He sees his dad get his head chopped off by Mace Windu, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's when he because I feel like that's why I almost like him more because I almost picture him as that little boy. 
Right. And that obviously would make him hate the Jedi. They, they not, they're not fond of the Jedi. His dad was chopped off by Mace Windu. And so maybe he's just a fan of Palpatine who ended up killing him. And, Darth, and he's mad that Darth Vader died too, because he stopped Mace Windu too, but who knows? So that's, yeah. was there anything else from the episode or in the predictions that we want to talk about here, either Jordan or Nicole? Yeah, sorry. I remember what I wanted to say earlier for the baby kicked me. It had to do with Baby Yoda. Um, I, I'm hoping we find out more about him in this season, um, whether it's where he's really from, if he's Yoda's son or nephew, whatever, I don't know, or if it's Yoda himself somehow reincarnated or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I hope we find out a little bit more. All we know so far is that they, no one knows anything about him and he's around 50 years old, maybe 55 now. Right. I think it's possible, speaking of clones, and I talked about this in the preview, is the child a clone of Yoda? I mean, I think, I think that's still up in the air. It's still possible. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, another thing that I loved, I loved the opening scene. It was just so cool when they were walking through what looked like, I don't know, the hood. Yeah, like, East Van. Yeah, it was, that's what I thought. Yeah. It was that like commercial drive, like all the graffiti and everything. And then it was so timely with the Halloween release date. And all those little like creatures had their red eyes, you know, and you're just walking through with this cool music. It's just such a cool way to start it. Right, right. My, my question with Baby Yoda is, again, we, the only creature we know, a species that we know of that one is Yoda himself. Will anyone see Baby Yoda and say, hmm, he kind of looks simu- similar to the guy who used to lead the Jedi Council over on Coruscant, right? You know, will anyone have that connection? If if Ahsoka sees yeah. Baby Yoda, if Ahsoka shows up, which we assume will, but who knows? You know, will Ahsoka say, "You look just like Yoda"? <laughs> like, I want to see. Will the name Yoda be said in season two of The Mandalorian, Jordan? That's a good question. Uh, probably, I'm gonna guess no, but I'm I'm gonna assume something like, "Oh." This looks familiar. Familiar. This looks like some guy I know. From some back- young guy. Because you're right, and you have to think that they are on a collision course to meet. And so that's a that's a really good take right there. That once they meet Ahsoka, she'll be able to piece together a lot of the questions that we have. She knows Yoda. I'm gonna say yes. The name Yoda yeah. will be said. In fact, the name Baby Yoda may even be said. No, that's oh, too, too, much, too much, too much fan service there. It's not, it's just, it's because Yo, Ahsoka's going to be like, you look like a baby version of Yoda. That's what she's going to say. Yeah, because awesome. that's what he does look like. Is there any possibility that Boba Fett knows who Yoda is? They, they've never met on screen ever, right? Yoda would have been thousands of years old, like by the time the original trilogy happened, right? So he would he be in a way... In, in his isolation before Boa Fett would ever had a chance to meet him? Did Boa Fett ever come across him during yeah. the Clone Wars? Yes. The, the one time is that the, in Attack of the Clones, yeah. technically, he when Jango Fett dies, Yoda right. does come in there. So yeah. there's a possibility there. My question is this. Who has better relations? Uh, the Mandalorian with the Tusken Raiders or Yoda with the Wookiees? Nicole? Oh, does Yoda speak Wookiee? Yeah, he said good relations with the Wookiees I have. I can mean oh. all kinds of things. But he doesn't, uh, he doesn't drink at them around the fire. So <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Mando and the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> Nicole, uh, Jordan, what do you think? Um, 
I mean, Yoda was very convincing on his good relations. We even saw him climb up on uh, Chewbacca. That's so, right. Uh, I'm going to go with Yoda and the Wookiees. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do we always, do we always see the Wookiees and the Tusken Raiders interact? Oh, that'd be interesting. No, I never think I've ever seen that on screen. Let, let's reenact that. I'll be the Tusken Raider. If the subtitles read there, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? So there we go. All right, to close this out here, and again, what we're going to do is we're going to release these podcasts here uh, every week after the episode. We're going to try to get them up either the Friday night or at latest the Saturday morning so you can listen to the recaps. If you have any questions for us, you can uh, Instagram us at NeverSeenSW. Or you can go to my personal Twitter at Trevor Chong or Instagram at Trevor Chong as well, C-H-O-N-G. I usually put my email in the show notes. It's all in the show notes here on your podcast app. And let us even just let us know that you watched it. And uh, if you enjoyed it, enjoyed it, let us know. If you didn't enjoy it, just let us know that you listened to this, that you don't, you don't have to tell us that you didn't enjoy it. And uh, we obviously appreciate that. But how I want to end this is I want to kind of keep a running, a running poll sort of of the ratings of the episodes where – the hope is to have a rotating guest every week. And so when me and Jordan will give a rating out of 10 and we have the rotating guest, whoever that is, also give a rating out of 10 for the episode and just kind of keep track just for fun. Something to end it here. I don't usually like to, to rate episodes too much, uh, but I thought it'd be a fun sort of track and we kind of come up at the end with an award for the best episode. So Jordan, out of 10 here, what would you rate this episode? It's your first episode rating, so it can, doesn't really matter what number you say, because everything else will be compared off that. Yeah, how would you rate this episode one here? Well, it definitely had like the really, my favorite thing is like the really cool music and like the wide shots. It definitely had a lot of those, but did it have that one big moment? You know, it had a couple, a couple of good moments. Um, I did love when he fought all the guys at the wrestling pits. Killing the crate Dragon wasn't that epic for me. So I'm going to say it was missing that one big moment. Um, so I'm going to start off with giving the first episode a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Nicole. I'm going to set the bar. All right. Um, I mean, it's pretty subjective. I think my rating is going to be a little bit lower than Jordan's. I'm going to give, him a, give it a 7. Um, and mm-hmm. for me, yeah, for me, I think it's just a personal preference where I think what makes this show a little bit different is I prefer the, the darker episodes where they're kind of in the slums in the different cities. I like being able to see different planets because I feel like in season one, they showed a more diverse set of planets and then to go back to like a kind of desert type planet again, like it was still good. I just, I just kind of want to see a bit more of different landscapes, different cultures and different neighborhoods kind of thing. And so I kind of prefer those types of episodes where, um, yeah, you just see a bit more of that and you're not kind of stuck in one place for a long time. So, uh, so I'm going to give it a seven. All right. So 7.5 from Jordan and a seven from Nicole. For me, I enjoyed the episode for sure. I love seeing the Tuscan Raiders more. I like learning more about these creatures that we don't know a lot. I think they had the surprise of Boba Fett. I enjoyed Cobb Vanth. And so for me, it's an eight out of 10, a solid episode of The Mandalorian. It's going to be hard to score lower than an 8 out of 10. And it's the first one, so we'll kind of base it off from there. And we'll see next week if it ends higher or lower. But certainly, I was looking forward to The Mandalorian, and it met all my expectations. So I can't give it anything less than an 8 out of 10. 
that basically wraps us up for this podcast here. Jordan, any last words here? Yeah, this was amazing. I can't believe that these are the shows that are on TV now on Friday nights, like for kids to grow up watching. I remember like Friday night, not that it's bad. I used to watch like Saved by the Bell and like Family Matters. And this this Mandalorian is what you get to watch now on Friday nights. This is incredible. So excited to have it back. Looking forward to the season. Did I do that? <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much. For, that's a Steve Urkel impression if you're wondering that. Family Matters. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us here. Again, we're going to hopefully have some rotating guests here. Uh, but it was great to have you here and a, a woman's perspective on this and someone who knows the child very well. Nicole, do you have any last thoughts with us as we end off this show here? No, I mean, I'm just grateful you had me on for episode one. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to watch in, in real time every Friday once, once the baby comes, but, but we'll see. I'll uh, probably have even a softer spot for baby Yoda once I'm holding my, my own little baby Yoda. <laughs> we'll see. I love it. That's a great name too. That's a great name for a baby. So again, thank you very much, everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know. We appreciate any feedback. We're just doing this for fun. We know there's not that many people listening to this, but we appreciate every single one who does and we can enjoy this Star Wars journey together. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great day. Bye.